0: Sometimes, plans change, but usually, you're in on that plan. You know exactly what for. In this case, Cage had no clue why he had to deviate from the dusty main road to a snowy mountain range. For whatever reason, there must have been some serious gold at the end of this rainbow for our boy to be followed. Red didn't want to take any chances, though. Climbing up the side of a 90-degree mountain in the middle of a blizzard, all while wearing heavy armor, may not have been the ideal way to travel. But at least you didn't have to worry about other people up there. Or so he thought.
1: your watch, lady. I just barely got out here. You should count yourself lucky that you have an employee who just so happens to carry ice picks in his duffel bag.
2: I'll give you that one. I assume they're used for climbing rocky ridges back home. Yep.
1: And killing folks.
2: Should have figured. How far up are you?
1: Uh. Ma'am, I have no earthly idea. Look, this storm is picking me up, and I can't even see the top of this thing anymore. Let me keep an eye on the rock, huh?
2: All right. You know the drill. Keep me posted once you get out of there.
1: Yeah, yeah. See ya. (sighs) (sighs) What the hell is that flash over there? Sorry, sweetie. I think I butt-dialed you.
2: Really? That would mean you cross a mountain.
1: Negatory, Your Worship. It's the exact opposite, in fact. Call me crazy, but I think a sniper just tagged me while I was on my way up.
2: What? How is that even possible? Nothing that's even able to shoot a gun can possibly live up there. Are you sure you're not just covering for your fall? <laughs>
1: Oh, don't everybody rush to check if Cage is okay all at once.
2: I'm serious.
1: So am I. I'm telling you. I witnessed a muzzle flash, felt the force hit my side, and the damn noise triggered an avalanche on top of me. Thank goodness my armor deflected the shot. And there it is again.
2: What? Oh, shit. Shit. Cage what's happening. (laughs)
1: How do you believe me? Please, tell me you heard that.
2: Oh, I did. Well, damn it. That really complicates things for us. You think? Get into safety. Gather yourself for a moment and think this over. I have a map that I can analyze and hopefully try to get you there through a safer route.
1: I think I can see a cave just through here. Oh, fuck. I think my bag of stuff's still buried out there in the snow.
2: Well, don't go for it now, unless you want your head blown off in the middle of nowhere. Just get to the cave and wait a moment. We'll figure this out.
1: All right.
0: Well, that armor has earned its keep for its wearer today. Not only could a sniper's bullet fail to break it, but neither could a hundred foot fall in the middle of a snowstorm. That don't exactly mean the man inside was having all that much fun. I think Red was more flabbergasted than Cage was, the laser-focused planner she was, while Cage just viewed this as a minor setback. He never ruled out that any place was uninhabitable by men. For the time being, The old soldier sat there on the wall of the dark, icy cave, sharpening his trusty combat knife to let time pass.
2: Kate, you still with me? You need to remember to check in every hour or so.
1: Sure. Damn it. I could have been halfway out of this barren ice pit by now.
2: What about your vitals and such? How's your temperature in there?
1: Fine. For now. If I hadn't incorporated some power armor features into this suit, I'd be a popsicle by now. But this old shell needs to rest soon. Heat, but cold. The insulation wouldn't keep me forever. I've never had to test this thing in extreme weather for so long before.
0: Well,
2: that's good. Unfortunately, after mulling this over with some of my associates, We've unanimously agreed to continue you taking this direction, that means you'll have to cultivate more skills to forming a plan around this mysterious sniper. Great. Just great. Sorry. I was the only one there to root for you. But rules are rules. I also tried to find a better pathway as well. But it doesn't get safer than the one you were already traveling. Who knows what kind of frost trolls live up that way.
1: That's okay. I'm used to the hard way. I'm still gonna need my gear I left back there.
2: Do you still have your eyes fixed? Of course, but... Then the rest can wait. Food's no good when you're in a crosshairs.
1: Oh yeah, wise lady. Well, how about medicine, ammo, and another gun that can actually reach the guy who's shooting me, huh?
2: Wait, what are you strapped with right now?
1: Ten millimeter. It's got some distance to it, but... I've got a plan.
2: Uh-huh, proceed.
1: I'm gonna go back out there and make a run for my things. As I do that gonna provide myself some suppressing fire, hopefully enough to distract the guy.
2: Have you had experience in the field doing such a thing?
1: Yeah, Red. I know what I'm doing. It's not like sitting out in this cave is getting me ahead here.
2: All right, all right. But remember, supplies are not. you're still going to have to take care of this sniper one way or another.
1: That's where I think they fell. Ah, oh, shit. There it is again. My stuff. Yeah, but barely. Come on.
2: So you have the back. Is that roughing out here?
1: Yeah, but all I'm getting is snow.
2: You do have something with a scope in there, right? I pray. <sighs> oh, no. What? What is it? Damn it! just great.
1: Everything else must have fell all over the place on the way down.
2: What does that mean?
1: It means all I have left is a few rounds of 10mm ammo and a stealth do you get the picture?
2: Well, great. Bad day just got a little bit worse. Well, you tried, and you still held your own against that sniper at a complete disadvantage for some odd reason.
1: Third time's the charm for him. I doubt giving the mountain climb another go is gonna be as easy as the first. The first time he didn't even know I was there. Now he does.
2: Unfortunately, my plan still stands for you.
1: Not to worry. I still respect your suicide mission for me. I just need to improvise here.
2: Good. No need to waste our breath on petty arguing. I can obviously recommend putting that Stealth Boy to use, but I'm dry after that.
1: Way ahead of you, babe.
2: (sighs) (laughs) Sounds like you have it all under control. Did those mercenary sensors give you back a plan?
1: Nope. I'm gonna climb that mountain, activate the Stealth Boy, and hope for the best. Goodbye, Red. Wait! a new gang out there calling themselves the patrons. They've been wreaking havoc all over the wasteland lately. Dozens of bounty hunters have been sent after them but none of them came back. That's why they called on me. Fattest bounty on this list is Joel Jackal, known for impersonating NCR Rangers and high-ranking Legionnaires to throw people off. He's gonna be a handful and that battle's gonna be fierce for sure. Michael D. Batq has a similar skill set. Rumor has it that he has a lifetime supply of stealth boys, and only does raids in the night. On top of that, they say he's so good, none of his victims have ever seen his face. Courier-07, it's the name of a legend at this point. Some say he's an ex-veteran NCR ranger, who lost his faith in the army, and uses his combat skills to rob rich Brahmin barons on the road as he poses like a courier. Love the cause, but let's not kid ourselves. The streak was bound to end sometime. Hodge the Cardboard Wolf. He doesn't get that name out of thin air. This guy's so anti-establishment that he sends the heads of every major faction soldier back to their base of operation with a bouquet of flowers inside. Nasty with a machete, too. I'll have to watch my fingers if things get close. Jackson Little is a special kind of gunslinger out here. Prefers low-caliber pea-shooters tucked in every crevice of his body, so he always has a place to reach. Don't be fooled. He's quick. Very quick. Lost Paws Jr. is a master explosive smith and has an affinity for incendiary grenades. Even made his own version of a fat man that only fires frag devices taped together. If I don't take him out up close, we can consider this thing done for. I hate to admit it, I'm really scared of Dawn McCormick. She controls the Patron HQ radio tower and can hack into any comms device she pleases. With the power of her microphone, she knows how to emit a sound that can drive you to a point of insanity only comparable to a ghoul's. Alex Roberts. That SOB is the best dog trainer this side of the Wasteland. If any of you folks listening from the Mojave, you may know a friend named Violet with her fair share of attack hounds. Child's play compared to Alex. Rumor has it, there's even some cats in the mix. Yikes. I may have mentioned how I don't want to get too close to some of these patrons in combat, but that applies for Jorge Vega the most. When I tell you that dude is a one-man army with a pair of boxing gloves and a bottle of whiskey, please believe me. Word on the street is that he was part of an Enclave experiment that made him spend decades locked in a room with nothing but boxing magazines to spend time with. Richard Villa has a pretty high price on his head come to think of it. If you thought fisticuffs were primitive, this fella likes to resort to poisonous objects like arrows and throw balls. It's not even the weapons themselves that hold the most danger. It's rather the stuff he dips them in. One mercenary was KIA because of a bolt that nicked his neck. Ouch. Frederick Winther is a whole bandit chief from Tamriel or something. Or at least that's how he likes to advertise himself. This Viking is damn near the size of a super mutant and likes to totes around that iron greatsword of his. As if they weren't out of date 2,000 years ago. And Brandon Cullison is what they would call a train robber back in the old Western days. He trained a Brahmin since calfhood to be his personal riding horse, and it runs fast. And with those lightning-fast twin pistols at his side, no one can outrun him—not even a death claw. Even they don't want the business. All that being said, there's one member of this gang of cutthroats that I personally have beef with. That would be Mike Tyson he's the whole reason i got started on this case apparently he's been impersonating me all the way down to the voice i don't like copyright infringement mike and i'm coming for you that's almost a packet's worth of wanted posters in my hand now and these folks may have had their fun but an outlaw's luck always runs out but there's a reason they've either killed or outsmarted each of their foes it's because the patron gang is the best and not just anyone fucks with them question is am i just anyone hope not patreon.com slash radio head over there and be a dear listener today if you think you're among the best and if you think you can take me on well back to it then
0: Traffic is terrible and getting worse every day. Go Metro. It's the smart way. And now,
3: meet the Metro Protectron. Tickets, please. He's programmed for speed, efficiency, and friendliness. Good morning. It's a great day. See why the Metro Protectron makes your commute faster and safer. Tickets, please.
1: Stop me now, Red. I'm already past the point I was before up here.
2: I'm not. Things are making a lot more sense now, though.
1: (sighs) Oh yeah? How's that?
2: Supposedly there was some kind of military base located up that way back pre-war. You should expect more than one bastard when you reach the top. Raiders and mercenary groups love to occupy those places for obvious reasons. But I'm sure you're used to that. Military
1: base? Oh, shit. I'm not properly equipped, but I have a better chance up there than surviving another fall from this cliff.
2: How close are you?
1: Close. I pray it isn't a mirage, but I think... I can see the top. Well, I... Ah, shit. Call you back, Red. Have fun seeing me now. Come on, please just hold out for a little longer. <laughs> Only a few more seconds on this thing. That was close. Made it. 啊 <sighs>
3: I'm
1: not here to hurt you. I just want to talk.
3: Oh, yeah? Sounds a little hard to believe, given how hostile you are.
1: Excuse me. I didn't know climbing up a mountain was cause to shoot a man for.
3: You saw the flags. This here's an outpost of the United States Army. No one gets through without the proper clearance. Step one would be to come through the front gate, wise ass.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. If it were as simple as going through the front gate, I wouldn't have tried getting up here the hard way. Thing is, there isn't a front gate. Nor is there a road, genius. In fact, I don't see a base behind you. All I see is a frozen over campsite. What world do you think you're in? The world of the US of A. What kind of stupid
3: question is that? And if we don't clear the scourge of you red menaces as soon as possible, we
1: won't have a world to work with. Geez, how old are you? How long have you been up here? That armor of yours, it's a wreck. Don't
3: patronize me, boy. It'll be me asking the questions around here, alright?
1: Why are you here? And how many is the rest of your regiment? What regiment? It's only me here, old man. Look, not that it's any of your business, but my name's Cage, former Brotherhood of Steel. I needed to deviate from my original route. They called for me to cross over this mountain. Besides the climate here, I never expected another person to be up here. Hmm... What year do you think it is, old man? I'm no commie bastard, whatever that is. You said you were Army. The Brotherhood began as a branch of the Army. Are you familiar with Roger Maxton? I could talk your ear off about him, and his bloodline. If You think you've got some foreign invader? It's not me, pal. It's not me.
3: Well, that's some funky-looking armor you got there. I don't know about no Brotherhood, but no Army man I know got gear that looks like that. Maybe if you sported something more GI, I wouldn't have shot at you.
1: Oh, this? It's not issued. I forged it myself. Look, there's clearly been a misunderstanding between us. Just lower the gun. Maybe... Maybe start by telling me your name or something. I mean you no harm. What do you say?
3: Well, I don't see no hammer and sickle anywhere. You don't sound like anyone from the other side of the world either. I guess that's good enough
1: for me. Okay. I told you my name. Let's hear yours. Ira. Private Ira Trimble.
3: United States Army. I'm 24 years young, and I serve my country proudly. Don't you ever forget that. Well, it has been a while since I met a civilian. 24? That's right. Joined as soon as I could. Right out of high school, I did. When they told us what the Chinese were planning, I said get me a rifle and point me where I need to go. They sent me here after a little tour up north. I've been on the eagle's nest up on the mountain ever since.
1: Really? Where's the rest of your men?
3: Well, I... I don't rightly know.
1: What do you mean?
3: Well, probably whatever the hell else has been happening around the globe. We don't exactly have a fantastic view of civilization up here deep in the mountains. Thing is, everything was nice and regular up here till we got a report that the Reds were up to something big. Nothing was made clear and, and everything was going so fast. And and Red Alerts were blaring off everywhere, only we couldn't get a clear picture as to what was going on. Me and my boys rushed inside. We tried to contact any other base we could, but but no dice.
1: Uh Uh-huh. What happened next? I wish I
3: could tell you. Sometime after, we lost signal. Power was messed up everywhere. Captain Mays looked the most unsure I'd ever seen him. And that's a man who was sure about everything all the time. So he gets us to go outside and get in position. And long story short, we get this massive, I don't know, boom or something. Sounded like we'd been attacked on our own soil. But no ground assault, or Air Force, or anything else followed. We took shelter until everything calmed down.
1: I see. That's rough.
3: As for the rest of my unit, well, we did the best we could to get back in contact with anybody. The Pentagon, Cheyenne Mountain, or something. No dice. And almost simultaneously, each one of us comes down with some sort of sickness a little time after. It was only coughing and wheezing and stuff like that. But then things started getting weird. Skin drying out. Hair falling out. I mean, it was the worst thing I seen since Anchorage. Even then, our orders were to stay put. So we did. I'd say after a few weeks everyone but me made it through. You don't see them here. Cause, well, they're all buried.
1: I'm sorry. I know what it's like to lose men like that.
3: I shed no tears. I can't. I ain't got time to shed tears. I can go back to crying once I've been relieved of my duty. You know, the brass may not recognize me when they give me a lift on out of here. (laughs) But we can worry about my troops' memory later. We got a war to win.
1: (sighs) I understand.
3: Well, I guess I let my guard down enough to have a conversation with you, so that's my bad. You want to cross the mountain? You got my permission to pass. It's been nice talking to another person again. Still never heard about that Brotherhood Division. Must be new. (laughs) Must be real, though. They taught you a thing or two.
1: Mm, Yeah. So this way, then?
3: Yep. Can't help you on the way down, but it's a whole lot easier than the way up. Don't trip now.
1: Yeah, I... Thanks.
0: It was one thing to hear the ramblings of an old pre-war ghoul reminiscing about the old days. But it's a whole nother thing to hear one still trapped in the last moments of their original flesh. Cage isn't foreign to the stories. He's been around the block more times than you can imagine. Now... Every aspect of the wasteland is something he's seen at least twice. So even the most disturbing tales stop bugging his mind. But not this one. Collard, the brotherhood between soldiers. Cage felt it, and he couldn't deny it. It's an odd analogy, but imagine a World War II vet meeting one from the Revolutionary War. They'd feel it, even centuries apart. Ira!
1: Huh?
3: Uh, yes, sir?
0: Ira,
1: you're relieved of duty. What? I, I don't know what you mean. Private, you passed. The job is finished, and the mission is accomplished. You gone crazy? I got no clue what you're talking about. What job? The attack, son. The Chinese messed us up good. Now it's time for reassignment. You mean we, we really were attacked? Wait, how did you know? Son, you're suffering from a little bit of fatigue, and a bit of shell-shock. I've been dispatched to meet with the men and women of the region, and effectively relieve them of their duty. I was just testing you. Don't you see? I... I, uh, um... I just wanted to see where your faculties were, Private. Those red bastards hit us hard, we're already deploying boots on the ground on their soil, right now as we speak. I've been sent to hunt you men down, individually. Because they knocked out our grid, and I needed to see where your head was, son. You're you're serious now, aren't you? Dead serious, my friend. All of it. Everything we just went through today was to see if you still got what it takes. There's no business for you being up here anymore, Ira. It's time to go home.
3: I... I well, uh, Of course I will, sir. Yes, sir. I'll... I'll need to take my things,
1: and... Grab all the essentials you need. Your country needs you now more than anything. Ira, the world's going to look a lot different since you last laid eyes on it. But I know you have what it takes to survive. Just promise me, you'll be safe out there. Can you do that for me?
3: (sighs) yeah. Yeah, I can do that, sir. Yes, sir. I can do that.
0: I suppose you could call this reverse psychology but not with someone clinically sane. However, that makes it all the more easier. With just a little sincerity and some acting skills, Cage was able to use Ira's paranoia against him. Look at that. It's as if the conversation they had just a moment ago didn't even exist. Bor-boy. Boy.
1: Good down there and find yourself someplace nice to get your bearings. We'll get back in contact with you whenever we have more orders. But take a break, my friend. Take a good, long break. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I will. We'll relocate your fallen brothers to their next of kin. Just do me a favor and get a move on, Private.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank
2: you, sir. I'm moving out. <sighs> So, why didn't you kill him? Red? You never cut the radio off. So, why'd you let him live?
1: I, uh, was going to. free him of his delusion, but... Something in me. Who knows? Maybe I thought he wouldn't have any trouble out there. Regardless, the job's done. We can put all this behind us.
2: Very eye-opening, the things I'm discovering about the Wasteland remotely. Work, Kate. Let's get you out of there and find some place to restock your weapons.
1: Yeah. Good idea. I'll be seeing you.
0: Two old soldiers, ridiculously separated by time, but just as honestly bound by their oaths, no matter how long it's been. Even on his way down the mountain, Cage couldn't help but wonder if letting Ira go was such a good idea. Could he survive and break his delusion someday? Or would he become yet another threat to the people of the Wasteland? Time will tell. Until next time, that's all she wrote. Stay tuned for the next episode, La La Land. Cage is taken into a disturbingly polite settlement for the night and introduced to their strange elder, who gives him a revelation he'll never forget. This episode was written and produced by Preston Harden, edited and mixed by Ethan Walsh. In today's episode, Cage was voiced by Mike Tyson, read by Marianne Stanick, and Ira by Vivian Reed. Whoa, whoa! Stay seated there, eager beaver. Be sure to visit patreon.com slash radio and become a dear listener. And find us at A-Bomb Radio on Twitter. Other things like our merch and Discord are available in this episode's description. Also, make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Or share it with another Fallout fan. You know they'll like it. I'm Forrest Lee, and we'll see you in the next one.
2: to a Robots Radio
0: podcast. Smart shows for interesting people.
3: Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.
0: Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day.
3: Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup.
0: And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup.
3: And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age.
0: We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from lyrium to the chantry, and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and
3: listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember...